0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we are uh, super in love with your pastors and Authentic Church. Just you know, This was our second time to be with you and to see some familiar faces, and uh, we like what's going on here. Uh, we live up north in Santa Maria, California, near San Luis Obispo, near Pismo Beach, and, uh, where actually the Holy Spirit lives there, so <laughs> that's why we do. And so we were pastors for 32 years and uh, been in ministry for over 40 years, and we um, recently turned our church over to a young man about three and a half years ago, and our church is just blowing up. And um, it's incredible. It's just wall to wall Jesus, like here, presence of God. Uh, God's just transforming lives. I think the the um, you know you look at what? Why is this happening? Uh, we we pray that god would bring desperate people to our church that's our prayer lord give us the people that are messed up that are they need demons cast out of them bring us those people and you know they're disguised because they all look like nice people and (laughs) nice families and really they do our our church our church has all ages like we got a uh, over 100 kids in our children's ministry, and we got 75 kids in our youth ministry, and we have a men's men's, all these kind of things. And on the outside, these guys look really good, but when they start manifesting, it's like whoa. For those, those of you don't understand what that was, I mean, if they start showing the demons in them. But anyhow, we love it. We love it because they're hungry. That's a key. If you want to really have an encounter with Jesus, the key is get hungry. If you're not hungry, you know, the Bible says actually, I think it's Ecclesiastes says that a person who's, you know, already full doesn't desire any more full food, right? So the key is, I don't care how long you've been a Christian or how long, how, you know, if you've got the Bible memorized and you're the most spiritual person in the room, I doubt it, but anyhow, uh, we, I, I don't know about you, but I need more Jesus, more Holy Spirit, more righteousness. I need more everything. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul was actually like that. He says, I haven't arrived yet. This is Philippians chapter 3. He says this. He says, but one thing I do forgetting the things that are behind, I'm going to press forward to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep going forward. When you stop going forward, it's time for you to go to heaven. You want to keep going forward in the Lord. I don't know why I said that, but that's for somebody. Uh, so, all right. I have a limited time. I only have, they told me I had an hour and a half, so I'm just <laughs> kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I hope you brought your lunch. Um, but I want to jump right in because I really feel like God has given me, um, uh, well, he gave this to me a long time ago, but uh, how many of you would like to, to like see things happen in your life that are not in your life right now? How would you like to see um, you actually accomplishing certain things, experiencing certain things, but they're not there right now, okay? Like lose weight, you know, that's always on the top of the list, you know, or something that doesn't exist in your life. Well, I'm going to share with you, and again, I, if I had a lot more time, I would develop this, but years and years ago when I was praying, I, was pr- I caught myself praying teach me your ways, teach me your ways, teach me your ways, over and over. I did, just kind of came out while I was praying, teach me your ways. And, um, and then God began to teach me his ways. And he showed me that there were spiritual laws in the Bible, just like the, we have natural laws like gravity and so on. We have you know certain, uh, I forget, uh, my mind's going blank here, but anyhow, um, laws that govern the universe, laws that govern our world that are there. And you can either cooperate with them or not. In other words, if you say, you know, we can all climb up on the over there on that ledge over there and say, I don't believe in the law of gravity. <laughs> Once you take a step off, you become a believer. Because, you know, the law of gravity is either working for you or working against you, one or the other, okay? So in the same way, everybody say, in the same way. (laughs) In the same way, God, when he created the universe and created the world, he established certain spiritual laws. And some of them you would just know right off the top of your head. How many have ever heard of the law of sowing and reaping? You ever heard that one? There's a spiritual law, Okay. Uh, There's actually, some of them, they're written out in the Bible. One's called the law of faith. It actually says those words in Romans. Another one's called the law of sin and death. Another one's called the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So when you see the law, it's not talking to like the Old Testament law, like you gotta keep all these rules. It's talking about a thing that God put into, into action when he created the universe and these laws are designed to help you. These laws are designed to work for you, not against you, but they will work. How many of you know law of sowing and reaping can go either way? It's either going to work for you or against you. You make the difference. You decide which way that law is going to work. And so today I want, I want to share. So as I was just, the Lord was teaching me, all of a sudden he showed me this law, and this is what I want to leave with you, because this is going to take your life, your business, your family. This church is going to go to a whole different level when you begin to put this law into practice. Now, some of you, uh, this was, is not going to be new. For many of you, this will be new. So I want to go to uh, here. It's, oh, go ahead and put it on the screen there. Thank you. And so what I'm going to talk to you about is... Th- activating the law of expectation. So let's go to the first slide there, and I'll give you a scripture, and then we're going to pray, and we'll launch right into this. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. How how many have ever heard the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right? It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of of things not seen. That's the first verse of what's called the faith chapter. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is the faith chapter. And the faith chapter, and so so God inspired the writer of Hebrews to write a whole chapter on one subject, which was faith, and basically say over and over, all these things that these great men and women of God throughout history, everything they did was by faith. Okay? And in fact, verse 6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So in this first verse, I discovered a law. And I'm going to share that with you, but let's pray. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is here, of course. If If you're born again, you have the Spirit of God in you. When you walked in the room, the Holy Spirit came with you. And so we're going to ask him, you know, the Bible says very clearly that the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us, not people, not Pastor Fred, right, or Pastor Jeff. We're merely a conduit when we teach the Word of God. We're merely a conduit, but it's really the Holy Spirit that teaches you. And I've found that if you'll ask him to speak to you, he will. And so he wants to speak to you this morning. How many would like to have the Holy Spirit speak to them? Three people, Okay. (laughs) all right the rest of you need to get born again okay all right so let's pray and let's acknowledge the holy spirit holy spirit you're here right now and uh, jesus you're on the throne next to your father but you sent the holy spirit and holy spirit you're not a cloud you're not a fire you're not water you're not oil you're a person and you want to teach us today You want to speak to us. The Bible says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. We want to hear what you're saying this morning, and I know you're going to customize what I say to each and every individual. They're going to hear something specific from you, Holy Spirit. So we say, speak to me. Come on, ask them to speak to you. Speak to me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, and we give all the praise to Jesus Christ. Amen. So in this verse, I'm going to move quickly here. But in this verse, we see it says, faith is the substance of things what? Hope Hope for. So let's shorten that. Faith is the substance of hope, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, not, not perceived by the five senses. The word hope there in and when we say the word hope, many times, you know, it's like, well, I hope I get the raise. Well, I hope I get accepted into the class. I hope we're going to have a baby. I hope we're going to, you know, so on. That's not this word. That is not the word here. And actually, if you, if you speak Spanish, if you're a Spanish uh, you know, a, a Hispanic person that can read Spanish and you've got a Spanish Bible and you open it up, you're gonna read that verse It's gonna have a different word for hope in that verse because it actually is the word expect. It means to expect or expectation. Faith is the substance of that which you expect. Now, I don't know, do you have any we have any uh, pregnant ladies in the room? Anybody Where's Anna? Anna? Where are you? All right, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. We just talked about it yesterday. So if I said to you, "Anna is expecting what Hannah. Oh, thank you. Hannah, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You have to forgive me if you're a Christian, so anyhow. Actually, I knew that. No, no, I didn't know that. Okay. So I I said to you, Hannah is expecting. How many of you know she's not wishing? She's not hoping. I hope I have a baby. As soon as I say she's expecting, you know the outcome in nine months is going to be a baby. So, you know, they're getting prepared. They're getting ready. They're, you know, fixing up the room. They're doing all this stuff because they're not, they're, like, they're not like, oh, we hope we have a baby. No, no, no. They fully expect that in nine months a baby's coming into the world. That's the word here. That's the word here. It, it, let me give you quickly a couple of definitions. This is Webster's. Let's go ahead and put it on the screen there. Uh, Hope, the word hope means to cherish a desire with anticipation, to desire with expectation of obtainment, to expect with confidence. Here's another, here's the word expect. It means to look forward, to anticipate or look forward to the coming or occurrence of, to consider probable or certain. That is the word there. Now, The fact is, is that everything we receive from God comes by faith. Turn to to your neighbor and explain that to them. Tell them, everything that you get from God is going to come by faith. (laughs) Okay? So, if everything I get from God is going to come by faith, then I've got to have hope or expectation, which it says... Faith is the substance, it becomes the reality of things we expect are going to happen. Are you all there? Everybody with me? And so there's many, many scriptures about this. Psalm 62, is not going to be on the screen, but it says, my soul waits silently for God alone for my expectation is from him. Uh, Psalms 145 says, My, the eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season, and you open their hand to satisfy them. So faith is the key that causes us to possess the promises and plans that the Lord has for us. How many of you know that there are promise in the Bible, promises in the Bible, right? There's actually like uh, over 700 promises of God in the Bible. Now, the problem with those promises is that they're over in the spiritual realm, and you live in the natural realm. I don't know if you knew that, but there's two different realms. There is the spiritual realm, which is a real realm. It's where God is, where the Holy Spirit is, and also in the spiritual realm are all the promises of God, like healing is in the spiritual realm. Provision is in the spiritual realm. Victory is in the spiritual realm. Okay? Righteousness is in the spiritual realm. The problem is we need to understand how do we get it out of the spiritual realm because I live in the natural realm. How many of you live in the natural realm? Uh, hopefully most of you. Okay. So I live in the natural realm. I've got this promise of God. How do I get the promise of God out of there into here, and it becomes a reality where I see it? Okay? All right? And so uh, so the one of the major keys is the law of expectation. So I'm just gonna kinda uncover this law for you, and I'm telling you, as you begin, you're, it's gonna be real simple, this is not, I am not super, theolo- well I am theolo- theologically correct all the time, if you don't agree with me, but anyhow. But uh, what I'm gonna tell you, I'm not, I'm not here to wow you with my knowledge, I'm here to give you a simple truth that works, that will transform your life. So here it is, okay? First, here's here's principle number one in the law of uh, expectation. Number one, what you expect will come to pass in your life. How many remember Job? Or for some of you, it's Job. Uh, Anyhow, book of Job. And Job went through some tough stuff, right? If if you've read that part of the Bible. Anyhow, I want you to notice at the very beginning of Job, we can find out why what opened the door to a lot of these things happening to him. In Job 3.25, it'll be on the screen, Job says, for the thing I greatly feared or dreaded has come upon me. Now, before, you know, this whole thing happened to Job, it says he was constantly offering up sacrifices for his children He was doing things because, and what he was doing, he said, you know, I want to make sure my kids are going to be okay, but there was this dread in him of something bad that was about to happen to him. And so, uh, here this, that which I greatly feared, feared, fear is a negative faith. Fear is the expectation of something negative is going to happen in my life. So that's the first principle: what you expect, negative or positive, will come to pass in your life. Number two, God moves where people are expecting. Now, I don't know about you, I, I appreciate Pastor mentioning uh, what I said. God actually four o'clock in the morning yesterday, uh, God was woke me up, started speaking to me, and and he just literally said, he said. He said that a church that does not have supernatural is not the church. Are y'all there? In America, we want a natural church. I mean, we want a church without signs. We just want, give me some rules, give me some principles so I can have a better marriage and a better family and all that stuff, but, you, but God is supernatural. The church is supernatural. Being born again is supernatural. Being healed is supernatural, and I'm, I'm excited because I'm seeing more and more people that are hungry for the supernatural, Not apart from God, now by the way, the witches and the warlocks and all that stuff that you think really are not a big deal, no, they are a big deal because they believe more in power uh, uh, that that there is real power than Christians do. And yet we've got, got the trump card, we've got Jesus, he is the center of all power and all authority. And yet we live our lives as if there is no miraculous stuff going on, as if there is not a miracle for me, if there is not power. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. He told them, don't go out and try to run this thing called Christianity until you get filled with power. So if you haven't figured it out, I'm against powerless Christianity. And notice this, God moves where people are expecting. How many of you are, I wonder this, how many of you ever wondered why was Jesus born on the year zero, right? We got B.C. and A.D., right? Why was he born right then? One of my theories is in Luke 3.15 it says, Now, as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John the Baptist, whether he was the Christ or not, right at that moment in history amongst the Jewish people, they thought the the Messiah is going to come at any moment right now. We expect him to be coming. So much so, when John the Baptist comes on the scene, they think, this must be him. This must be the Messiah. And so if you, and I don't, you may or may not like the idea of having a move of God in the church, but when God shows up, I mean, all the programs are out the window, and, you know, and, and miracles start to happen, and stuff gets kind of weird sometimes, and scary even at times, and like, what in the heck is going on? Well, they're actually being set free. Hey, praise God. People's lives are actually being impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit, but God moves where people are expecting. God's moving in our church. And I, it's not because they, our, past, our pastors are amazing. But it's not because they're so amazing. It's not because we have amazing worship teams and all that kind of stuff. It's only for one reason. When people come and gather together, they're expecting God to show up. They're expecting something supernatural to happen in their lives. That's what creates an atmosphere for God to work in. Number, uh, that was number two. Number three, in order to receive the blessings and promises of God, you must expect to receive them. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. 24, he says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. And so, just like, it. so again, remember, all the promises of God are in the spiritual realm. I need to get them out of there and the into my life. Right? How do I get them out of there? By faith, and faith is activated through expectation. All right, this is gonna get real practical for you here in just a few minutes. All right, here's the next point I wanna make. Number four, you can't base your life on circumstance, the circumstances around you or other people's expectations, okay? You can't base your life on now, that's the thing. Most people, they look at their life in light of what's going on around me. Things aren't going my way. Things aren't going good. Bad things are happening around me. And so that affects our expectation. But you can't go there. You've got to, you've got to base your expectation on what God's word says plus nothing. Are you there? And, listen, I remember... Uh, See, a funny thing, when I was pastoring years ago, there was a cartoon and the uh, pastor and his wife are sitting on a couch and they're looking at a calendar like their planning calendar and the caption says, God loves you and everyone else has a plan for your life. <laughs> so let me just say, if you don't have a plan for your life, the devil will raise somebody up that will have a plan for your life. You know, what, what, what in the world is going on in America? One thing, it's witchcraft, folks. They want to control you. That's what's going on. That's the, ult- that's the ultimate end of Satan and his thing. He wants, this is, he, he, he uh, Adam and Eve gave up their authority. And by the way, we were originally given authority in the earth by God. We're supposed to be ruling and reigning in the earth. But we fell through sin And when we submitted to the devil, he became the ruler of this world. That's why all these bad things are happening. He wants wants to run. Remember, he's the guy who wanted to sit on the throne of God. I wanna run heaven, all right? So they threw him out of heaven. Okay, well, I wanna run this planet. And he is. That's why it's steal, kill, and destroy. That's why you open up the news, and man, they had all these shootings, and they had all these terrible things happening at this concert and everything, because the enemy has only one agenda, steal, kill, and destroy. But praise God, we're coming in. We're we're coming into the situation. Jesus came in to rescue us from that and to bring us back into the authority that we have in Christ. So you can't base your life on circumstances or other people's expectations. Let me give you a, just a quick scenario. Uh, in Acts 28, real interesting thing, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, is in a shipwreck, ends up on this island. It's raining, it's cold, and some of the natives came and they kindled a fire. And, and Paul goes out and gathers some sticks for the fire, not realizing there's a snake in the sticks. A viper. And it says that he goes over and he throws, when he starts throwing the sticks into the fire, the snake latches onto him and is hanging from his arm. Now the natives, Malta was the island, the natives of that island knew, recognized the snake. You're gonna be dead in moments. You're gonna die right away. And so it's, it's kinda funny but it's interesting. It says this in Acts 28.6. It says, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. <laughs> it says he shook the snake off. And that's where we get this thing in Mark chapter 16, where it says, you know, they'll drink anything, they'll take up serpents. By the way, we don't get to that till later on in the service, but taking up the serpents, that is. Anyhow, but, you know, he's talking, to, they're referring to when Paul got bit by a snake, but he didn't die, and he should have died. And I'm gonna switch off here a little bit from where, what I wanna say, because I wanna say something to you just to drop something. Well, I'll get to it in a little while. Just say pray. God remind Pastor Fred what he was going to say. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Peter was in prison the day before. They killed, you know, Herod killed James. It pleased the people. We're going to kill Peter the next day. They'll really be happy. I'm going to kill the main guy, right? Peter. And an angel comes at night, wakes him up. Chains fall off of him. He, the angel leads him out. He doesn't think it's even real. He thinks he's having a vision, but he actually gets delivered. And listen to this. And then it says he, he went, he says, when he came out of the gates from the prison, he was chained between soldiers, okay? And the angel comes in. He goes out, and he says, and he all of a sudden realized, oh, my gosh, this is real. I'm really out of jail, and it says this, Acts 12:11. When Peter had come to himself, now I know for certain that the Lord sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from, listen to this, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. He was there because of their expectation. We're gonna get rid of this Peter guy. So don't let anybody else's expectation determine what's gonna happen in your life. Come on, I don't care who they are, your mama, your grandma, you know. The most spiritual person, you need to determine the expectations of your life. All right, that was number four. Number five, create high expectations for yourself based on the promises of God and the prophetic words that you have received. So let me just, I'm just going to move forward pretty quickly on this because I just want to give you... um, uh, some tra- a track to run on. Let me go to the next one. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna create your own expectations. Are y'all with me? And I'll show you how to do that. Here's the next thing I wanna say and, and gives you the understanding of why this works. Number six, God calls things that do not exist as though they do, and so should you. God, this, now this is gonna be, this is a little... Now I'm getting a little farther out, a little farther in spiritual land here about this, but it says in Romans 4:17, as it is written, now God speaking about Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So I asked you earlier. Do you have anything in your life that doesn't exist that you would like to exist? Things that, maybe it's disciplines, maybe it's accomplishments, maybe it's a financial breakthrough, but it's something that's not there. It's invisible. Well, praise God. God created everything out of nothing. Are you all there? And we're created in his image. And God spoke and there was light, and God spoke, and there was land, and God spoke, and there was so on. Are you all tracking with me? We are created in his image, and so we, if we wanna see, so when we say we're creating things that don't exist as though they do, well, they do exist because they're in the spiritual realm. They exist in the spiritual realm because, and they're paid and purchased and paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. By the sacrifice of the cross, there's, here it is, this ought to make you bad. There's stuff in there that Jesus paid for, for you to have. He's expecting you to have it, and you don't have it. Come on, you ever go to the store, uh, you know, go down to Costco, and you, you know, you buy all this stuff, and you buy all this TV equipment and all this stuff, you get home and you realize that everything on the ticket that you bought is not, it didn't come home with you and there was this one major piece that you already paid for. You you know, you you paid with your credit card, but it's still back at the store. What do you do? It's like, ah, shucks, you know, I really wanted that thing. (laughs) Man, it would have been nice if I would have got it. No, you burn rubber all the way back to (laughs) Costco. You walk in the door, I've got my receipt. (laughs) And I want it now. Come on, some of you need to get a little of that in your system, right? When it comes to spiritual things. Come on, where's my my Bible? Okay. All right, Pam and I have several of these. These are our receipts. We have what it says we have. We are who it says we are. We can do what it says we can do. Come on, this is our receipt. So we take our receipt and begin to call things in here that do not exist in our life as though they do. Again, I don't have time. I only have three minutes to finish up here. But, um, but I, uh, so I, when I learned this, okay, let me go on to the next thing and I'll just show you a little bit if I have time how this began to happen in my life. Number seven, in the same way that God has written his promises, You need to write a list of expectations that declare things in your life that do not yet exist as though they do. I call it my crazy Jesus list. You, when I began to understand this, I thought, oh my gosh. I see this law of expectation, and I'm supposed to call things that don't exist as though they do. So I started making this, I like had 50 things on my list, at least the first time I made my list. And so, well, what do I write down? Just write anything down. I mean, other than, you know, I want my neighbor's wife. You know, that's not a good one. You know, stuff like that. I'm talking about, (laughs) it's gotta be biblical, you know, and so on. But don't worry about how biblical it is. Just begin, to claim in fact, one of my Jeff, one of my things at that time. How am I doing? I I gotta wrap up. I got ten minutes. Okay. How many will give me five? How many will give me five? Five? Ten? Twelve. <laughs> okay. All right. When I began to discover this, we were at what's called the city church, which is now called Church Home with Judah Smith, and uh, we were pastors on staff there. Six thousand members in the church, only five of the tw- there was 22 pastors, only five of those were allowed to speak to the entire congregation. I was not one of them. So I made this expectation list. And on my expectation list was, Pastor Wendell's gonna ask me to be one of the new people that are speaking to the church. Never said anything to him about it. Within a month, Pastor Freddie calls me up. Hey, would you mind speaking to the church? Like, yeah, no problem. And all I did was just write out an expectation. I'll tell you a recent one, okay? Uh, this happened, this happened uh, 2020. Uh, I, we made up a, a expectation list. And uh, we, one of the things on the expectation list is that we would pay off our house, our mortgage uh, in 2020. Well, it didn't happen in 2020. So you, what do you do when it, it doesn't happen? You just roll your expectation over into 2021. And, um, And we had just purchased a house three and a half years ago. We got the full mortgage on it. And Friday before last, we paid our mortgage off. So God, and I just, so here it is. You make your crazy Jesus list. Just put everything on there. Write a hundred things down. Call things that don't exist as though they do in your life. And now, and I'll tell you what to do with them, but you just make that list and you're like, well, like, well, what if it doesn't happen? Don't sweat it. What if like half of them do happen? <laughs> These were things that didn't exist in your life that now come into existence. You're gonna be like a crazy person. <laughs> God is amazing. All right, let me move forward here. Uh, so you write them down, you make a list. Now, number eight. In order to see your expectations uh, a reality, you must write them down and begin to say them and pray them every day. Say them and pray them. Everybody say, say them. Amen. Pray them. Pray them. Okay? So you say them out loud and you pray them. You say them and pray them. Uh, now, I'm not just talking about, you know, I want money. I'm sorry, What? Oh, I have the scripture? Okay. Yeah, thank you, Pam. All right. Do I, do I have scriptures with this? I don't. Let me just read a couple scriptures. First Timothy, just so you know, this is actually in the Bible, right? <laughs> First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says this. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called, and have confessed or you have made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now let me just say that one again. He said fight the good of fight. Remember I said hope, right, is the substance on which faith comes from. So fight the good fight of faith and make this thing called the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now the good confession, the word confession in the Greek uh, is the, the word homologios, and it's like where we get our word homogenous and so on. It, and the word means to say the same as or to speak the same as. So Paul says to Timothy, the way you fight this fight of faith is by speaking in agreement with what God says about the situation about speaking in agreement about what God says about you. You say, well, I'm just plagued with condemnation and everything, why don't you just start saying, no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have died to sin, I've been resurrected with Christ, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, all the old things have passed away, all things become new. Instead of trying to fight against your sin and fight against all this stuff, why don't you start declaring that which does not exist about you as the, that the Bible says and start coming in agreement with God. Come on, you're really doing good coming in agreement with the devil. But I suggest that you switch over to coming into agreement with God. He's, you know what I found? He's got a lot of good things to say about you. He thinks you're amazing. He thinks you're awesome. He thinks you're his child. He thinks you can do all things through Christ and you know, in Christ Jesus and so on. He thinks you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. He thinks you're more than a conqueror. He thinks that no weapon formed against you is ever gonna prosper. Come on. He thinks you're supernatural. You just need to agree with him. And so the way we activate these things that we're writing down is through praying them and saying them. All right, number nine, the last point I want to make, and that is when an expectation comes to pass, it produces life and faith for greater expectations. I think I have these scriptures. Let's put them up there. Proverbs 13, yeah, Proverbs 13:12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when a desire comes, it's a tree of life. Uh, let me just, get, you know what, here, I'm gonna tell you, those of you that are actually gonna go home and do something about what I'm telling you right now, you're gonna go like, hey, let's get home and we're gonna write out our expectation list. You're gonna write it out and you're gonna start saying and, saying and praying it and you're gonna be shocked within a first couple of weeks because some of those are gonna just start to, all of a sudden, that was something was in nothing has now come into a reality in my life, and you're like, woohoo, this is amazing. And you're gonna be beside yourself, patting yourself on the back, isn't that cool? Come on. Now, I'm not talking about get rich quick themes and all that, because Paul had expectations. Here was, Paul actually wrote down his expectations. He said, his, Philippians, he says my expectation is that now and always Christ will be exalted in my life, whether by life or by death. I have, so my expectation list, yeah, thank you, Lord, for paying off our house and so on. That's great. But here's my, one of my expectations right now. My expectation is that when I come pulling out of my, you know, out of my garage uh, to start drive through my neighborhood, that my neighbors have they're sick people on the curb waiting for me to pass by. Amen. Amen. Why not? Yes. What? Yes. Well, about the woman. Well, anyhow, so we're so we're, I don't think we're fully there yet, but we're we're getting there. So I I walk my neighborhood. Uh, and um, it's like a, I do a four-mile walk around my neighborhood, and I've just been doing it for a long time, all through 2020, and anyhow. Uh, so recently, the Lord started challenging me. He said, why don't you just claim your neighborhood for me? Why don't you just you know, go by every house? Thank you for saving that family. Thank you for saving that couple. Thank you for, you know, and just, just be praying uh, for your whole neighborhood and everything, and, I'm, and in the last uh, couple of months, I have neighbors literally walk out of their house, stop me, they don't know who I am, just this weird guy walking in the neighborhood, right? And they stop me and they said, would you come in my house and talk to me? I was like, sure. So one of the recent ones, this just happened in the last couple weeks, I'm walking in the neighborhood, and there's a lady, their garage door is up, and she's on crutches, and she's go, working or trying to get to her. She has some uh, big thing on her leg, and she's trying to get to her car to get in her car. And I walked by, and I thought, ah, I probably should say something to her, you know. And, but I thought, no, I'll just take a couple more laps, and if I see her when she comes back, I'll, I'll talk to her. Sure enough, a few laps later, here she is. She has come back from wherever she went. And she's out of her car working, and she's about to walk. She's in her garage door, which is totally way in the garage. And she's starting to open the door, and I'm walking by. So I just yell out, hey, lady. (laughs) She turns around. I said, what's wrong with your leg? She goes, I have cancer. And uh, and she says, and this has been the worst year of my life. She said, this year, both of my parents died, and my 29-year-old son died and then they told me I had cancer. And so I just engaged her and started to encourage her. She was already starting to turn towards spiritual things, and so I just engaged her and talked to her, and and she said, um, uh, she said yeah, I think the cancer is back. I'm having all kinds of similar uh, symptoms now in my leg, and I just went and got a scan, and and a couple of days, I'm going down to UCLA to have them read the scan and kind of tell me what the situation is. I said, well, would you mind if I prayed for you? She said, sure. So I laid hands on her, and I just rebuked the spirit of cancer and just commanded it to leave her body and prayed over her. And she thanked me, and she appreciated it. And I didn't see her till like three or four days later. I come by, and here she is again, you know, in the garage. I come by, and I said, hey. How are you doing? She says, there's no cancer. <laughs> she says, there's nothing there. And so that has nothing Listen, that has nothing to do with me. You understand that, okay? You and I <laughs> so okay. So I, I really, it's not just, uh, this is my expectation. I, and I want to see, by the way, another expectation that Pam and I have is to activate 100 million Christians in America in lifestyle Christianity. Which is what I described to you. Everywhere you go, you are the ambassador. You are the representative of the kingdom of God. When you walk in the store, the atmosphere changes. When you walk in the restaurant, the atmosphere changes. Come on. When you go to the gas pump or the school, wherever you are, God is. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So there's, there's an expectation on my list. We really, we don't just. We God, we wanted to get to the place where people, our neighbors, anticipate. Hey, they're coming out. (laughs) Get ready, get ready, get those people out there, (laughs) because they're getting ready to walk down the street. Why not? And why not you? There, there's no, you know, different sizes of God. He's a one size fits all. He is the greater one that lives in you. He is the one who called the universe into existence. He dwells in you. I want to end with one story, and I want to pray. My, I grew up um, in California, and uh, back in the fifties, uh, my family uh, bought a new car, brand new. It was our first brand new car. It was a Chevy. What was it? A Bel Air or something? I don't It was a Chevy four door. Uh, It was yellow with a green top. And it had this new, you know, off the chart new feature called vinyl seats. We were thrilled with this car. And uh, my mother, who is a Catholic, my mother especially liked the car because the dashboard was made out of steel. We didn't have padding. We didn't have airbags. When we got in a wreck, we totally mangled ourselves. But my mom loved the solid steel dashboard. And the reason that she did is because she could put her plastic Jesus, who had a magnet on the bottom, right there in the middle of that dashboard, and he would stay right there. And why did she do that? Because she believed that... Two and a half inch plastic Jesus would protect us from anything bad happening to us. And uh, then later, I be- I'm not a Christian at all during this time, then I become a Christian, and, it, and I, I'm born again. And, and somebody tells me that, that when you're born again, Jesus comes and lives on the inside of you. What Jesus? The big Jesus, <laughs> the big J, the creator of all things. And I started going to church and listening to Christians and, thought, and I thought, you know what? My Catholic mother had more faith in a two and a half inch plastic Jesus than real Christians have on the Jesus who lives inside of them. It ought to be the challenge of authentic church to make God bigger. Make him bigger. I don't care how big he is to you. Not, he can. We're not ever going to get there, right? He's just. He is so big, but we, every year he ought to be bigger in my life. There ought to be more supernatural stuff coming out of my life. There ought to be more neighbors that want to know about it. now I've had the opportunity to talk to Jesus you know talk to my neighbors about Jesus to pray for them. Uh, just, it's just starting to happen more and more and more all I'm doing is walking it. Lord, I thank you. I' just you know, one of my uh, expectation lists is my neighborhood's going to come to Jesus. Come on. Now, what if everybody did that? What if you went to your neighborhood and said, well, Pastor Fred's got that one covered. I'm just going to cover mine. Come on, I'm going to claim this ground. Why not? Does that mean everybody's going to get saved? No, but what if half of them get saved? All because of you. You just had. well, hey, you're on my expectation list. Look at that. Now, you can, again, you can write about your family. You can put expectations about your marriage, about your kids, about your job, about whatever. But just make a list. And begin to say it and pray it. Say it and pray it. Don't stop. Say it and pray it. Oh, I said I had one. one, That was my last story, but, you know, preachers lie. But, anyway, I didn't lie. I just just thought of another one. (laughs) Years ago when we were up in Seattle, we... um, uh, Uh, Pam and I, in in all of our life, we have tithe and, you know, given tithes to the church, and we give more than tithe and all this. And yet, you know, we read in in, uh, Malachi, it says, if you bring the tithe into the storehouse, God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. We could not testify and say that that was true. We couldn't say that. We were living hand to mouth and yet we were giving and tithing and doing all that stuff. And yet we had other people at our church. They're just getting blessed off so much and like that. And and so one day I'm reading Galatians chapter three that says this. It says, Jesus became a curse that you might become Jesus became a curse for you that you might no longer be under a curse. And by the way, curse has to do with lack, sickness, depression. Deuteronomy 28 is where you find out all the curse. Um, and so it says, Jesus became a curse for me that I might not be under a curse, but instead I'm under the blessing of Abraham. So I saw that. Wait a minute. I'm under the blessing of Abraham. And so I went back and I looked at, in Genesis uh, 24, 1, verse 1. It tells us how blessed Abraham was. It says he was blessed in every area of his life, financially, relationally. Everything in his life was blessed. So, all of a sudden, I've read that scripture a bazillion times. All of a sudden, I got it. I'm under the blessing of Abraham. So, for, I started saying, people would come to, hey, hey, Pastor Fred, how you doing? I'm under the blessing of Abraham. <laughs> yeah, you're weird, man. <laughs> I, no matter who asked me, hey, how you doing? I'm under the blessing of Abraham. And I, I said it. I prayed it and said it. And if you talk to me, I'm going to tell you I'm under the blessing of Abraham and you know what? For a solid year, nothing changed. We saw no difference. We are still living hand to mouth, you know, just making it every month and all that. One year to the date that I began to say, I'm under the blessing of Abraham, the windows of heaven opened up ever since and poured out <laughs> blessings beyond what we could ever imagine. Are you all there? I didn't do anything. I just agreed with God. Come on, he's the one who said, you're under the blessing of Abraham. Yeah. I didn't make that up. Wasn't even on my list or thought, thought process. I just saw it and said, wait, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be under the blessing of Abraham. So, all right, I wanna pray for you. And again, this works if you work it. This is not a nice, you know, sermonette for Christianettes this morning. I'm not here to give you a peck talk. I'm here to give you a tool that will transform your future. You know, why am I here today? I'm here to change the future. Why are you here today? Same reason. All right, let's all stand. You might be sitting there saying, oh man, I sure hope this works. It does work. Well, I just think I don't qualify. Jesus qualified you. You're not qualified based on how great you are. You're qualified based on how great he is. So I want to pray for you that you take this to heart, that you begin to put it into practice, that you make your crazy Jesus list and just start saying it and praying it and saying it and praying. Maybe next time we come back, you're like, ah let me tell you what happened. So Father, I pray. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. I thank you for everyone here. Help us not to go with our head. Help us to go with our heart and with the spirit. Help us not to reason our way out of the truth of God's word, but to receive it and act on it. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God. And I, Lord, I just thank you that the next time we come back to authentic church, it's going to be just blowing up. It's going to be like at levels that we never dreamed it ever could be at. And everyone there is going to be walking in a level of relationship with you, of love for God and love for people, of seeing God actually do signs and wonders and miracles through their life, just their ordinary, everyday life. Lord, I thank you that you are going to finish the good work that you began in everyone here at Authentic Church. Right now, I take authority over every negative thought, every thought that is contrary to the knowledge of god i pull it down in the name of jesus and i pray you replace it with faith thinking come on with setting our mind on things above and not on the things that are on the earth beginning to realize that we're not of this world we're aliens amen on this planet we're of the kingdom of god and we represent your kingdom God I pray for anyone here this morning maybe they don't know you personally but you want to come into a relationship with them I pray that they would open their heart say Jesus this, this, this guy is talking about you I, I don't think I know you but I want to know you I want to receive you into my life I, I've been running my own life it's not going good so I want you to take over I want you to take over my life I want to give my life over to you this morning and I want you to forgive me all my sin all the things that I've done wash me, cleanse me with the precious blood that you shed. I may not understand that but I'm just reaching out to you today Jesus and saying I need you I need you to do something supernatural in my life Father I pray now a blessing upon the people uh, that are called Authentic Church God bless them Let them begin to go out saying, I'm under the blessing of Abraham. And Lord, Lord, as they continue to say that and confess that and fight the good fight of faith, they're going to lay hold of all the things that You have paid for them to have. God, I pray that in Jesus' Name. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.